Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Now, today we are having a conversation that was sparked by an article in a local paper that Erin very kindly forwarded on to me about how we need a new feminine approach to leadership. So we just sort of started chatting about this earlier and we felt like it was a really important subject to actually go deeper in. So that's why we're going to discuss it today. As always, I'll quickly pass over to Erin to see what are your thoughts about what a feminine approach to leadership actually means? Yeah, it's an interesting subject, isn't it? Like, I don't think that feminine and leadership in terms of the way that we understand leadership to be necessarily fit all that well together. I think feminine leadership as a concept is a fairly new thing. And it's something that we all kind of need to frame or come up with a new framework to understand. Because it's not like when I think of leadership, it's a very masculine construct. It's very much about someone being out in front. There's a hierarchy. It's about, you know, being driven forward and really striving that really masculine energy. So feminine leadership as a construct is really quite a a new thing for um, certainly for me to come across but I think just in general yeah I think you're really right there that whole I mean the whole concept of leadership and I know we've talked about this in the past it very much feels like it is that that person standing above everybody else and leading you know whether it's leading into battle leading an organization whatever it is but it very much feels like it's that one person who's got the responsibility and I think the other things that come up when I think of leadership particularly in that sort of masculine idea is that it's it's kind of like once you start going down that path, you can't stop and turn around. Like indecision or changing your mind is seen as weakness. And I think that's something that's really like that has taken us into some really bad places as a world, as a country, certainly when I was back in the UK. And I think people could probably relate to that even in organizations where there is this kind of idea that if you change your mind, it means that you know you didn't get it right in the first place. And this whole need to to be perfect and to get it right first time, I just think is something that is so dangerous in every walk of life, in every single thing that we talk about. If we can't 
allow any room for change if we can't allow any room to you know look at the information and come up with a different answer then what does that actually mean like you know we make one decision that's just what we've got to stick with it seems so bizarre when you actually start to like deconstruct it all and understand what what these things mean that we would have that as as something that is such a key part of of certainly leadership at the moment in that sort of toxic masculinity is that very ego driven i'm right i'm going to keep moving forward no matter what anyone else thinks or says or does and screw the rest of you and no i'm not going to you know check in whether it's actually the right way and i think you know the article that we're talking about was about jacinda ardern who's the prime minister down here in new zealand and it was talking about her style of leadership that you know, they're saying that she's, you know, she could be seen as fluffy, but actually what she's able to do because she doesn't have this sort of ego driven element to her leadership, or certainly not to the extent that men would have, she's actually able to look at what's gone on and change her mind and change the direction and actually do things slightly differently. And and it's not that you have to agree with her politics or, or anything like that, but I think the style of leadership is really interesting that she's willing to flex and she's willing to change direction and she's willing to do what she believes is right having taken in the information that is available to her at any one time and that to me just seems like a really important style of leadership that actually you know if we could get men thinking along those lines a little bit more as well as more women needing to be in leadership I mean that's just an absolute given our our whole thing that we stand for is the fact that you know we believe that women have to be are the change that the world needs and so that means we need more women in leadership roles The problem is that when you're in those roles, it's really difficult because you're held to a completely different set of standards. There's a completely different set of rules that as a woman in leadership, you have to follow. And so there's so much in this that we can unpack, and I'm sure we won't get through it all in in one episode. But certainly when you think of that, those things that hold women back, what do you think are the number one things that we need to be identifying and, and looking to change within society? I honestly think it comes back to that concept of what masculinity should look like and what femininity should look like. And the fact that one is painted as strong and powerful and the other is painted as being weak and vulnerable. And, you know, if you think about it, like the masculine leadership model, that being out in front, that not you know, not changing course and admitting that maybe something isn't working the way that you thought it would or something to that effect. It's that all-encompassing power at all costs kind of mentality. And I think as a society, we're getting better at understanding that actually vulnerability and the ability to admit that maybe you don't have all the answers is actually not a weakness, but it is a strength. The more that that comes through, I think the more we'll, we'll see feminine leadership come forward for me it's very much uh, when you look at I guess you know Jacinda Ardern is is the example that came to the fore today but when you look at how she leads she doesn't hesitate to hand the baton to someone in her team and say you lead this piece of work you take this on you are the voice of our government in this space and it's very much about the collective rather than being the figurehead, if you like. And I think that's more what we need to see, but there's a a real um, sense of, I don't know if it's vulnerability, but there's a sense that perhaps um, men don't like that because they need to feel that 
power is in their hands as opposed to being shared amongst the collective. Is that making yeah, sense? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, and I think this is where patriarchy doesn't serve anybody. And I think that's what a whole heap of men don't even realize is that even like the only people it serves is the few, the very, very few at the very, very top. But actually everybody else is being held back by the constructs that hold it together. You know, that that fact that as a man, you shouldn't show any sort of weakness. You shouldn't show emotion, that you've got to show up in a certain way, that you've got to be all powerful. Like, oh my God, how tiring would that be, number one? But it also means that when you're in those situations, it's not natural. It doesn't feel okay to release that power. Like you've been told that you've got to win at all costs, that if you don't, you're a pussy. You know, all of that, like there's so much negativity around any sort of, you know, perceived weakness. Whereas we all know that, you know, failure is practice for success. And in some areas of life, that's okay. You know, in entrepreneurship, you know, they're all about owning failures and, and bigging that up. But when you look into other um, like industries and other areas of, of life, you know, politics, business, you know, sort of multinationals, like they don't like that sort of failure. It's very much about staying, you know, that you've got to be right and you've got to win at all costs and the end justifies the means. And I think that's what's really interesting around where we are at the moment. And with this rise in or this change in consciousness, I don't I, I think it is a rise, but I think it's fundamentally a change. And yet there's still so many people who are stuck in the old ways of thinking that, you know, you have to work hard in order to be successful. You have to win at all costs. You have to, you know, keep the little man down and you have to like there's so much negativity around leadership that actually as a woman, you know, I really struggled in role in leadership roles, not for the fact that I was leading people. I loved that. I loved being able to, you know, have a team and, and I was invested in their their growth and, and all of that sort of stuff. But I found it really difficult when I was in those sort of leadership senior management meetings because I would feel so passionate about something and my emotions would show. And that was seen as a, as a weakness. You know, the fact that I was emotional about something was seen as, as, oh, you know, she's too much. She can't handle it. It's like, hang on a minute. I can handle this so much better than any of you guys because I give a shit. I actually care so much more than any of you do sitting here around, you know, the table just being all, you know, not showing any sort of emotion. It was just, you know, it was just a nightmare. It was really, really difficult. I found that one of the hardest things about the roles that I've had in the past where there's been just this real lack of understanding, this real lack of compassion and empathy for women who do show emotions. And actually, like, it's so normal. Like, you're you're not normal if you don't show emotions. And that's why I feel sorry for, for men that they've been taught to shut them down, close them off, whatever you do, don't feel it because, you know, someone's going to, you know, tell you that you're you're wrong for that. And yes, at the same time, it's to the detriment of our society. It's the detriment of our relationships, to our children, to everything. We have got to change the way that, that leaders show up. And, and I think the only way is to sort of embrace more of that, that feminine energy. And, you know, like you said earlier, the word feminine and masculine have got so much like preconceived ideas around, you know, feminine, oh, it's pretty, it's floaty, it's light, it's, you know, it's all these sort of wonderful, light, fluffy things. Whereas actually, if you think of some of the goddesses, the feminine goddesses, they were fucking rock stars. Like Carly, she had a skirt made of skulls. I mean, that's not fluffy and nice. She was an absolute, you know, she was ready to go out there and she was ready to fight for what she believed and she was ready to, um, you know, make change happen. 
but from a feminine energy point of view. So somehow along, you know, the world that we live in, we've taken these two you know, ideas, and we've fluffed one up and we've made one so like rock solid. They look so different now. And yet, actually, they both have real benefits if they're used in the right way. Does that make does that make any sense? (laughs) It does. I mean, I think that's a whole other podcast episode, if I'm honest, the the difference between masculine and feminine. But like in terms of leadership, you know, what's interesting to me is that feminine energy is very much that creative space. It's that space of co-creation of being rather than doing. And as a society, we don't love being rather than doing. You know, the patriarchy has set things up so that doing is the end goal, basically. And the um, the measure of success is what have you done with your life, not where, what have you been in your life. Um, and so, you know, when we come to leadership, we, we tend to place a lot more um, emphasis on what have you done to deserve being there? What have you, you know, what have you done in your career to rise to the top and become the CEO or, or whatever, rather than like, who have you been and what have you created? And I think that energy, we are seeing a shift in that, you know, without wanting to raise people up that I don't necessarily want to. There are people like the likes of um, Richard Branson, for example, you know, he's a very, very successful man. He has learned to fail well. That's the first part of his leadership. But the other part is that if you look at the way that he leads, it's a very feminine sort of a model, right? And his success has not come at the cost of being balanced between the feminine and the masculine. Um, it has very much come because of that balance. And I, I think we will see more of that moving forward. But we really need to be looking to people like him for um, guidance around that stuff rather than looking to some of the other more masculine, the likes of Donald Trump, that people hold up as a, you know, he was a successful businessman and all of that stuff. But he did it in such a toxic masculine way that really the only thing we should take from that is that that's not how we want the world to be. So I think the, um, you know, having having men step up and show that feminine leadership is possible, I think is actually the biggest part of the solution. Yes, women need to step up. Yes, women need to almost turn their heads when asked to step into a masculine leadership model. They almost need to say, actually, no, that's not how I do things, but I'll gladly lead. But I think having those men on board as well allows for a broader audience to see that actually that shift is possible and it doesn't require us to circumvent our our natural sort of ways of being. Yeah, I think you're right. We need men to actually start to vocalise that they value the different types of leadership. Like it has to actually be put out there into the world that different types of leadership, the more collaborative, the more all-encompassing, the more caring is okay and actually if men can step into that then that's just got to be an advantage because I think one of the biggest you know things that you know that pisses me off to be perfectly honest about women in leadership is that they're held to a completely different set of rules so you know that whole um in the article that we were talking about it talks about how Jacinda's like completely criticized for even mentioning that she has a family and yet 
the previous um, prime minister was lauded up for being an ordinary bloke when he talks about his family. You know, when Hillary was in the running um, with um, against old Watts's chops, I'm not even going to say his name. <laughs> you know, she was told she was shrill and she was bossy and like all of these words, you know, when we describe confident, outgoing, intelligent leader, like women leaders, they're so often described with these just really negative words or or pulled up on what they look like or what they're wearing or what their husband does. Like, I mean, it's just so, it's just such a load of bollocks that, that that's even relevant. Like, I just can't bear it when they're, you know, even, like even in the movies, how it's all about what the women have worn on the, the, you know, what outfit are they wearing on the red carpet? Like, seriously, who cares? Yeah. Like they showed up, they did the job exactly the same as the guys did. And they was going, oh, look at the tuxedo he's wearing, isn't it? Amazing? I mean, when you start to look at it, when you start to question, and that is the big problem when you, you know, enjoy this journey of personal growth and awakening, is that you do start to question everything. You notice it in everything. Like fairy tales. I mean, they are just like the worst at the moment. I've been reading a load to Emily and like women are just weak and pathetic and we've got to wait for the brave strong prince to come along and give us a kiss and then we'll be okay i mean like we have got to change the narrative for our kids so that they don't you know fall into these belief systems that society has set up to make sure that women don't succeed it's just it just drives me crazy (laughs) yeah i mean i think what's interesting for me is that i think there is more of a shift particularly around some of the younger generations of men I think there is a shift towards that more feminine model of just being in the world. And I I wonder, like I have wondered previously, and I wonder now, whether part of that is that so many more boys are being raised by mothers who are out there doing, you know, like they might be single mothers who are out there working four jobs to support their children, to provide for their family. They might be being raised by houses like mine with two mothers, both of whom work and engage with the children equally and do, you know, different things in the world. I think that there is a shift. I think that's becoming more obvious to me as my children get older, that the way they engage with the world and the way that other boys their age engage with the world when they come from families with a mum and a dad is quite different. And my children naturally sort of gravitate towards the children who actually only have like a a single parent family or who are also, you know, come from two mum families. And I I think that's really interesting because I think it's a, like, it's a common value that they are attracted to as opposed to the situation. But I think that's happening, like, it's been happening for several generations now. And we're starting to see those men come into positions of leadership like they're starting to hit their you know late 20s early 30s they're starting to step into leadership roles um, or entrepreneurial roles or you know roles in politics or, or whatever that like outward facing roles where they're being asked to step up and lead and I think there is you know it's still not the majority sure but there is definitely men out there and women who are growing up really super fucking empowered right young women who are out there and there are the outliers, the likes of young women like her who are stepping up and saying, I'm not going to have it. I'm going to do things my way because, you know, but at the same time, I think a lot of what she is doing is quite masculine. And so like, it's really interesting to me that these younger generations that are coming forward, like it's still up to us to 
shape the leadership model for them to step into, I think. I don't think they are equipped enough with knowledge of what has been to know what it needs to come, if that makes sense. And I think the other thing, and and I hear what you say about the children coming from solo families or families with two mums and I have to say it that triggers me a little bit because I think well hang on a minute I was I was brought up with you know a mum and a dad and you know my dad's very you know black and white and, and has got pretty firm opinions about stuff but he's always encouraged us girls to follow what we want and he supported us wholeheartedly I'm in a heterosexual relationship with my girls and I believe that that we are bringing them up in a way so I think that's a really I think that's a really interesting point of view um to to share and I and I'm interested in that that's seen as a different way and I think I don't think that's necessarily the case I think it comes down to how the women are able to show up in the world whether that's the way that they've the friendship structures they've built around themselves whether it's the way they were brought up themselves by their parents whether it's choices that they've made to change the way that they live but I think that actually it's more than I can't buy into it just that being the case because I think there are youngsters coming through who have got family you know what would be seen as you know the normal family the mum and the dad which you know I hate that word because none of us are normal if you can see what my family life here is there's nothing normal about it at all (laughs) but I think being able to find a space for women to actually have the conversations and to build that support network and to be able to learn to challenge to learn to question to learn to be interested in different ways of doing things is the way that we're going to make that change so if there are women who you know don't necessarily know how to show up as their bravest self yet it doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to in the future because as we start to have more conversations like this, somebody listening to this might be like, oh, actually, you know, what? I, I don't agree with that and I am going to talk about it differently. Or I'm going to just have the conversation. And I think that's my big thing is that I would encourage anyone to have the conversation with somebody. And if you don't have anyone, join our Facebook group because we have conversations like this all the time. But if you're interested and you want to challenge the way things have been done, if you think that there are ways of doing things differently, but you don't quite know how to bring that into your life, then find your community, find your people that you can have that conversation with, because that is what's going to create the change. And often we think, you know, how can little old me change the world? I mean, well, you look at Greta Thunberg and wow, she's doing a really good job for, what is she, 16? I mean, that's just, there are every generation there will be a couple of people who come through like that but the rest of us are kind of like oh god you know I've got to try and get the washing and load the dishwasher and I, I would love to change the world but I don't quite have time for it at the moment but actually you can change the world by simply starting to question and getting braver about sharing what your truth is and by sharing your truth others will share theirs and you might not necessarily agree with it but being able to listen to it being able to understand it and always being willing to challenge your own truth is really important because that is one of the things of feminine leadership is that you're able to go down a path, but then you're able to listen to other people's expert opinion or other thoughts and ideas. And you're able to like decide with that information what you can do um, next. And I think Maya Angelou, just like the quote that I love from her is like, always do the best you can until you can do better then do better. And I think if we all lived by that, everything would be a lot easier because we'd be willing to evolve, we'd be willing to change, and it wouldn't be seen as a weakness. And that, I think, is one of the like the real key in bringing more feminine leadership up is knowing that actually having your truth and being able to, you know, to 
allow it to grow and to be able to develop it as you learn more that's a huge benefit to society let alone the individual yeah I agree completely I think that constant checking in evaluating um, reflecting like being prepared to separate the emotion like yes as women we are emotional right like we are emotional beings that's part of being human I think you know men generations have been taught to shut that down and it's not acceptable for them to feel that and women haven't had that same restriction around that stuff so you know we are emotional beings Um, but being able to check in and actually remove the emotion from the situation to be able to evaluate it and to be able to feel all of the feelings around it and then make a decision based on that I think that is the superpower of a woman in a lot of ways particularly in leadership you know if you can go into a situation and really I think the thing that I admire the most about um, someone like Jacinda Ardern going back to the core of the conversation is that she leads based on a set of values not a set of ideals so she doesn't go out there and say well I want you know, this to be the way that it is done. What she does is she says, I want this to be the value that is at the core of every decision we make, you know, and and people give her a hard time about being, you know, oh, talk about kindness and being kind to everyone and we're a team. But actually, like those core values allow her to lead from a position of personal power because every decision she makes is about, being kind and being part of the collective and I think that's what women do well naturally is they understand their values their personal values and they bring them forward and what we need to get better at is bringing them forward in every situation and being able to stand firm in them regardless of whether they're received well or not and when we can do that I think that's when feminine leadership will really rise yeah, I think you're right. I think that just jumping in on those the, the core values and the values of something, I think is is so important. But I actually don't think women necessarily like all women really they know deep down what their values are, but they don't necessarily know how to articulate them or how to actually speak them. And I know that was certainly my truth for a long time. I knew that I had very, very strong values and I knew when something didn't feel right but I wouldn't have necessarily been able to tell you exactly why that was. It wasn't until I did the work to really uncover like what my, you know, four, five key values, and then being able to see how they, you know, sort of extrapolate that out into the rest of the world and see like, oh, that's why that felt really weird because it didn't align with, with that particular value. But it wasn't until I actually really allowed myself to go deeply into that and to to get on this journey that I was able to really articulate it. And now I feel very comfortable about sharing my values and they very much underpin, you know, they underpin the work that you and I do. We we might not always agree on everything, but we have the same, you know, core values underneath it all. A lot of the same beliefs around what is right and what we should be doing in this world. So that makes it very possible and very easy for us to, to work very well together. But until you've done that excavating, until you've done that real deep work of knowing what those core values are, I think it can be really difficult to show up. And I think that's, you know, when you look at women in leadership who perhaps take on that more masculine trait, because that was certainly what I was 
taught but when I was in um, corporate it was very much you know eat or be eaten type of thing it was you know the women that did well were quite often you know quite masculine with their you know they were sort of quite aggressive with their the way they spoke and you know they would step push people down and it was all about proving themselves and and it was quite you know it was definitely a toxic type of way to to be but until you realize that there's another way of doing it it's really difficult to actually make that change. And I think when you start to do the, the values work, when you start to uncover what it is you really stand for, you then find yourself in situations where you're in this corporate world, you, you've been a certain way and suddenly you know why it jars you and you're not willing to carry on like that anymore. And that's certainly what happened with me. I was just like, I can't stay in this because I can't be true to me if I have to, you know, follow these sets of rules and and behave in certain ways in order to be successful that's not going to serve me so you know having been through that it's it's a difficult choice but it's I think what is exciting is that there is more room for feminine leadership and that's only going to grow the more people see it being successful the more it's going to be encouraged but for anyone out there who does feel that sort of just slight sense of of unease around the way they lead or the way they show up you know, look at your core values and find out if the way you're working, if the situation that you're in with your career or anything, see if it's actually aligned with them. Because if it's feeling like there's a sense of of uncomfortableness, then I would absolutely encourage you to just explore that because there will be something that isn't lining up. And this is the time for the masculine and the feminine to be balanced. So we have to, you know, we have to explore both sides and we have to find that that place for them to you know, to come together. And it doesn't mean that they've got to be 50-50 because there will be some times where you need much more feminine energy and there'll be other times when you need more masculine energy, but it's about being able to pull on both of them as and when it serves you rather than being pulled into one or the other. Yeah, I think um, that's very true. Like we talk a lot about balance as people. We talk a lot about balance. And, you know, we talk about balancing the feminine and the masculine Balance innately means that if one goes up, the other comes down. And I think actually we need to be looking more for harmony between the two, right? Where they there's a constant interplay and sometimes one will come forward more than the other, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the other one is stepping back. It just means you're bringing one forward. So I think we need to start to reframe that concept as well a little bit and say actually, Yes, you know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's, you know, we know that's a law of physics, but actually what if it's not a physical concept, right? Then physics doesn't apply. So we can actually talk about energy in a different way, like our own personal energy. We can talk about that in a different way because the laws of physics don't apply to it. So it's not about saying, well, I'm going to, you know, if feminine leadership rises, that doesn't necessarily require masculine leadership to come down in return. What it means is that masculine leadership just needs to be redefined with that new feminine energy as part of it, right? Will they automatically bring it down? Probably. I love that you said that. And this, again, is probably a very different conversation, but I'm just going to jump on it very quickly about that, that, you know, physics says one thing, but actually if it's not a physical thing. And the thing that comes to me when I hear that is that whole before I, when I had my first daughter, I, you know, loved her and adored her and thought she was amazing. And then we, um, you know, got pregnant with number two. And, and I remember 
vividly having a conversation with my sister being like, but I love Em so much. How can I possibly, you know, what happens? Does the love get divided? Does it, you know, how does it work when you have another child? Like, what does that and I think this was the example I, I had that actually when Phoebe was born, it wasn't that the love that I had was divided. It just grew. It just grew and it just grew and it just grew. And I think that's what we forget is possible is that it doesn't have to always be. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, if you've got you've got to split it more ways. Yeah. Actually, what if it's just expansive? What if it can just keep on growing? Yeah, we have to remove it from the human construct, right? We have to remove it from the human construct that demands that it is a physical thing. And therefore, if it is taking up space, it is taking away space from something else. And we have to look at it as a spiritual thing and an energetic thing and actually say, well, there's room for all of it because we're infinite, right? And so we can create whatever we want because we're infinite beings. So total other other conversation. (laughs) to be had around that I think but yeah really important in terms of leadership that we don't just look at it as a a black or white option like it's not a one or the other we have to take the best of masculine leadership and the and there are some really positive things about masculine leadership when it's done well but when it's done well there's a hell of a lot of feminine leadership in there as well and so that's what we have to do is we have to find the sweet spot between the two and encourage more of that behavior and that form of leadership and not just in business in every aspect of life whether it's politics whether it's sport whether it's you know the arts and culture whatever it is we will thrive as a society and we will make better decisions and leave a better legacy when we get that balance right well i think you've just summed it up beautifully and a great place to to leave this conversation we will put a link to the article we've been referencing in the show notes so if you want to have a read of it it's really interesting and thank you for joining us we will be back again soon i hope you're enjoying these we'd love any feedback if you haven't joined our group do that all the links everything you need will be in the show notes but we would love to hear what's going on for you many thanks thank you you've been listening to she is wise with ellie bell and erin hodson If you've enjoyed this conversation, please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode.